<laughs> can you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I can't shut up. We have to record a podcast. Welcome to Sibling Revelry. My name is Andrew Merriweather. And I'm Caitlin Perlman. And we are siblings. And we're roommates. And also best friends. And also uh, co-creators recently of an app because everybody's got an app now. Everybody's got to have an app. Um, yeah, our app. Our app is an you, existentialist app. Yeah. So have you ever have you ever woken up in the morning and being like, who am I? Who am I? What am I doing with my life? Well, luckily for you, we got an app for that. Yeah. It, it will just say, your name is Paul. <laughs> That's all the app does. <laughs> Even if your name's not Paul. <laughs> That's not true. False advertising. Gives you identity. It looks, it's just, uh, the, the icon is just a big old question mark. And well, we've been talking to our marketers and we're like, we want to, we want to sell this for $15. And people like, no one's going to buy an app for 15 I mean, I say, you don't know what the people want. And I think given our impact on the social sphere yeah we know <laughs> exactly what people exactly want. what the people want and what they want we're we've consistently delivered the creme de la creme <laughs> of everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this is okay a, so this is a podcast where we uh, talk about things for a while. Uh, basically how it works is that Caitlin's going to bring in a topic. I have no idea what the topic is going to be, and we're going to discuss it at length and also take some breaks to do things that are a little bit more fun, not that don't take so much brain power. Exactly. Uh, and, and welcome back, by the way. You've been gone. Ooh, feels good. I'm yeah. Tanner. A little, well, kind of. I'm uh, <laughs> more cultured. <laughs> Definitely. I know three more words in Spanish. <laughs> And uh, you don't have a beard. And now I don't have a beard. Yeah. But that wasn't because of Chile. That was random. Well, partly was I it got to a point in Chile where I was looking real grizzly <laughs> and not. Yeah, the, you came back and looked like a mountain man and not in the good kind of way, not in the sexy kind of way, <laughs> not in the I'm from Asheville kind of way, but from the <laughs> but like the I it's not quite a full beard. It's kind of mostly like scruff got getting out of hand and mm -hmm. it, it's just not. Not good. Mm -mm. So you Not just attractive. went the whole other direction. Yeah, and I said, okay, I got to start over. Start from start from square one. Start from smooth, Somehow smooth try baby to face. Try to get that Ben, you know, get that Ben the Bachelor scruff going. <laughs> His scruff game is unbelievable. Yeah, it's, inc I, it's sort of uncanny. Unbelievable. I forgot his last name, so I just called him Ben. Yeah, Ben Higgins. Ben Higgins. <laughs> that Ben Higgins, ben Higgins scruff. scruff game. I'm trying to get on that. <laughs> trying to get on it. Trying to get out. What? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't weird. <laughs> what is weird? Is it weird that I'm whispering to the microphone? Is it weird that I'm so close to this microphone? <laughs> yes. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. What's the topic? We can't do the topic yet. Oh, right. <laughs> demographics. Yeah, do I? Where have you been? Ugh, I'm out of loop. All right, bro, which, who are you speaking for this week? Well, so for this week, I'm going to be speaking for all Leos who have who know some of the basics of social dance and swing <laughs> dance uh, and who have recently developed a somewhat uh, love for tennis, playing yeah. tennis. Well, you've been bonding with dad over tennis like, yeah. recently. Dad's yeah. always been a tennis player. Yeah, well, he was a beast back in the day. I mean, right. he, was, he was known throughout... 
South Plainfield, New Jersey for his <laughs> masterful <laughs> serve. Skills. His tennis skills. We call him the Podge. <laughs> Uh, which That's... is uh, an abbreviation of Padre, and it's spelled P-A-D-J. <laughs> so, Kaylin, who are you speaking for this week? Well, you kind of stole my first line, actually. I, I'm speaking for all Geminis. Nice. Yeah. Um, who have ridden in a helicopter one time. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> only one time, though. Yeah, only once. Um, and who um, married their college roommate on Facebook when they were in college and are still Facebook married to that person today. It's actually pretty impressive that you all it's kept amazing. that going. Yeah. I guess neither one of you is really all that into the Facebook official. Well, that was why we did it. We thought the whole Facebook, when, when the relationship status came out, which is was during our college years, the whole notion was so absurd to both of us that we were like, well, we should just be together, which, I mean, she is... She is my wife, essentially. I mean, at this point, although yeah, she lives are. far away. Um, we have a love that that can stand the test of time. So, I mean, that's what a marriage should be, right? So, what's the topic? For <laughs> so, I decided, because this is our 10th episode, I figured we should maybe go a little meta. Oh, God. Um, this is not, it's not, it's not too meta. Don't worry. Um, but this is actually something I thought of when I was in conversation with Lucia and uh, discovering our sim, our... We mentioned this in the last episode, but discovering our uh, the similarity that we have that we're older sisters of younger brothers. And I guess my question, if I were to present this as a question, my question would be, um, how does an individual's siblings or lack of siblings shape who they are? Yeah, well, so, I mean, for me, the, the first thing that came to my mind was that the, just the differences between younger and older siblings, I think one that's that's really fundamental especially with siblings like ourselves who there's a five-year age gap mm -hmm. is that I don't know what it's like not to have a sibling. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just completely no whatever ways that that shaped me. I, I have no way of comparing it to what it would be like to grow up without a sibling. Whereas you spend the first five years of your existence like sans the center of sans <laughs> Andrew center of attention. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd be curious to know what you think about that. Like if you actually do you have memories of oh, that time period of where you remember what it was like before I burst onto the scene. Yeah, quite literally. Quite literally. <laughs> Gross. Um, yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, I remember, I mean, I certainly have memories from being in preschool and being in kindergarten um, before you were born, but I also have very distinctive memories of mom's pregnancy with you. Also very clear memories of your birth. I wasn't in the room, but I could hear it. You could hear the whales. I could hear the whales. Then, like, dad came in and was like, your brother's here. And then he showed, then you're like, we're there. And we're all, like, wiggly. See, that's crazy to me. <laughs> that's what's, I mean, like, that's what I I think. That's a crazy experience. <laughs> that, that was, like, handed to you. And now it's like, your life's about to be completely different. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, um, and I did have, I don't, I, I don't really have it anymore. But there were times, even, like, into high school, where I would, like, kind of, like, have a moment of being like, I have a brother. Like, it would sort of be this realization that, like, that there was a period of time in my life that was when my life was different and now it's not. Because I think, especially early on, like, I could forget, <laughs> sort of. Wow. Well, you were very present, though, so I didn't forget for I long. Say, I feel like I was just loud all the time, so I don't know how you... <laughs> you were you, you were a troublemaker. So, I mean, in your interest, uh, like, how does a sibling shape a person versus... I guess in comparison to the person who doesn't have siblings, I mean, I feel like the the main thing that people usually say is that like, oh, you're an only child, 
you're probably more selfish, mm-hmm. right? Because like you've had all the attention, right? You're, and, you all know, the love goes to you. All the love goes to you, and so therefore, like you become like a greedy little, you know, poo face. Poo face. <laughs> that is not my experience of only children at all, by no. the way. Yeah, and I'm no, I know, like I know some self-absorbed people, but they have siblings, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So clearly. <laughs> yeah it's not like i learned to share yeah well and i think as a parent whatever choice you make um or whatever circumstances you're in that you have a child you know you socialize you still socialize that child with other children so i sometimes wonder if actually sibling dynamics like maybe a person can develop a certain amount of selfishness because if they don't like they feel like they're not getting enough um so I wonder if that can happen sometimes. Well, absolutely. And I think like this, there's stories that get made up about what sibling is what, you know, like, oh, such and such is like the funny one or like such and such is the smart one or like such and such is the athletic person mm-hmm. um, that those sorts of narratives can happen really, really quickly within, a, you know, a sibling dynamic. And that can create its own set mm-hmm. of issues about and parents jealousy. can reinforce it. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, and worst of all, like, are there are enough siblings, and there's a sibling who's, like, nothing real. Like, the nothing sibling, like, the sibling who isn't, like, anything in particular. And that's, like, yeah. like the worst. Just, like, oh, like, they do fine at yeah. things. They're, like, the mediocre, like, mediocre yeah. sibling. Even though, like, they're not actually, they're, like, that, that's the narrative, though. They're not actually mediocre, but. But for some reason, they're left out of a lot more family photos <laughs> than you would expect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, Ken. Let's take a little break. Alrighty. Uh, we've been delving pretty deep into our own, <laughs> our own lives and Getting our personal. own understanding of uh, what it means to be a sibling. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time for some. Uh, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Uh, which is a segment where one of us brings in questions that demand answers, but not thirty-five minutes of answers. Right. So I have brought in a series of questions that Kaylin is going to have to answer off the cuff in one line or less. Uh, and I already have my answers written out here, uh, but Kaylin's going to be in the hot seat responding on the go. Yep. So are you ready for question number one? I brought in a fair number. Oh, gosh. I brought in like five. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. We're going to we're gonna have to be concise. Boom. Okay, you ready? Yeah. First question. Is it worse to be indecisive or overly decisive? Indecisive. Because? Because then nothing ever happens. At least, at least with decisiveness, something is happening, even if it's not good. <laughs> That's actually very similar to what I said. So I said, I said indecisive because even if the choice is worse, I'd be happier about it than choosing the best option, but it taking forever. Right. Or just not choosing at all. Right. Exactly. I'd much rather. <laughs> and it's funny because I actually can be a pretty indecisive person. Oh, so I know, I. I know that I need to be more decisive. <laughs> it's sort of the irony of the whole thing. Nobody likes indecisive people, but, but we're all most people are yeah. indecisive, at least in my experience. True. Okay. Next question. Yeah. Scented candles, cliche or romantic? Depends on the scent. Okay. What's a romantic scent? Uh, well, I think oh, well, romantic scent, so something floral and like subtle. I just can't stand the like vanilla candle situation or like cupcake frosting. <laughs> yeah, birthday cake. You're just like, God, it's just so sweet. Um, can't handle it. So it has something subtle. So you're telling me that if you <laughs> walk into somebody you're interested in, it's like apartment, uh-huh. and they have scented candles going, your first instinct is 
it depends on how long um, i've known them i mean if they like if it's like a first date and they've already got like scented candles and the lights are low and they've let's like say, let's i'm say, like okay there's some presumption happening here well, let's just say you went on a, this is like date you know you've been on a few dates okay okay sex is potentially on the horizon <laughs> okay yeah like you walk into their apartment and they've had they have scented candles Okay. They're like, give me a second. I'm going to put on, I'm going to light some type of candle. If we light, no, lighting, okay, that's really different. If the mood is obviously like we're about to have sex and you light the scented candles, that's totally acceptable. I just don't like the presumptiveness of lighting the candles like before I arrive. What if you're unsure? <laughs> what if it's like we might have sex tonight, we might not have sex tonight, we come to the apartment because we're just going to come back and like hang out for a little while and the person goes, hey, I'm just going to light some scented candles. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I honestly don't have a yeah. problem with it. Nope. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm done grilling you on okay. the same <laughs> Okay. So my response was actually cliche. Also, what are you trying to hide from me? Huh. Masking some other odors? Some sort of odor. Perhaps they don't take out the garbage. Perhaps. I honestly don't think you can mask that with scented candles as much as you can with like a glade, like a plug-in though. You wouldn't be suspicious no. of it. That's no. fair. That's fair. I'd be more suspicious of incense. Yeah, but well, incense is a whole other ball game. <laughs> That's for next time. <laughs> um, okay, ready for the next question? Yeah. Okay, so what is the best day of the week to ask someone out on a date? So not to go on the date, but to ask them out to on the date. To go on a date. Midweek, like Wednesday Okay. for a Friday or Saturday. Or like Wednesday for Friday, Thursday for Saturday. Like, Why? Line it up because it gives you a chance to like gauge... I think gauge like their reaction and like what you might want to do or like get a sense of like, oh, do you want to do dinner? Do you want to do drinks? Do you want to do coffee? Like and then come up with something, you know, if you've asked them out. And also it gives them a chance to like prepare whatever they got to prepare. You know what I'm saying? Like be emotionally ready <laughs> or physically ready. You have, you have to get emotionally ready for a <laughs> date with Caitlin Brillman. Because I'm that intense. <laughs> I'm that intense. <laughs> so I said Tuesday. Interesting. Uh, and I said Tuesday because one, you just don't ask someone out on a Monday. No. That's too eager. But I think waiting till Wednesday might be too late. They might already have like plans in the making. Mm. And so then it's like you got that weird like, oh, well, you know, maybe next time. And I think you, what you want to what you want to hit is that like sweet spot. Yes or no. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, either they're going to brush you mm -hmm. off or you're like going somewhere. Mm -hmm. Well, I do think, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I understand that argument. I think Wednesday, there's still the potential, like maybe they made plans on one of the days. True. But maybe not the other. Very I true. I don't know. It seems like I'm going to stick with Wednesday. I, I mean, I, I think I think they both have their merits. <laughs> I think Wednesday is a very respectable answer. Okay. This is the last question. Okay. You ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. So at what distance from the ocean should you be wary of ordering seafood? I mean, I feel like once you've crossed state lines into like a non-coastal state, that's like the line. So as soon as you cross into Tennessee. Right. From North Carolina. And I mean, like even like, but I mean, my feeling, like if I go to the mountains, I'm not like, I'm, oh, go to the mountains and order seafood. <laughs> well, see, that was sort of, so my answer to this was very similar. It was. If it ain't the East Coast or the West Coast, it's ill-advised. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want to get some angry phone calls from people from the Midwest who are like, well, you know, we eat seafood all the time. It's totally fine. We live in a, you know, a globalized society where we can, you know, you know, insta-freeze 
seafood and chimp it all over the world and right. we all have olive gardens you know well, that, other, yeah whatever well and the point i was going to make is that like also even if like you're getting seafood here in north carolina which is on the east coast like you can't guarantee that it's supplied like it's local like unless you know it's local that's true like your shrimp could be coming from china like probably is actually let's be real or shrimp farms mm-hmm. i've heard about shrimp farms that are actually being done in cities because you can just if you could buy like an old ymca with a pool <laughs> i'm serious i know and you're serious it's just funny farm <laughs> shrimp in them the shrimp farm god that's creepy as hell for some reason is it creepy because it's in an old ymca yeah. or is it creepy is indoors it's the it's the indoors part that's creeping me out hmm. like a bunch of shrimp living in a pool like it <laughs> <laughs> i mean do the shrimp know that i mean no that's not the that's not i'm not cre- like creeped out for the shrimp i'm like <laughs> <laughs> creeped out for myself i don't know <laughs> just gives you the heebies <laughs> it gives me the heebie-jeebies i can't i don't know it just does so kalen's anti-shrimp pool <laughs> i am even i'm taking a stand right i'm being decisive and taking a stand and being anti-shrimp pool right would now would you be would you rather them come from china or from a shrimp pool <laughs> oh crap you mean like a u.s shrimp pool <laughs> <laughs> yeah a, a chinese a chinese shrimp pool i guess would <laughs> arguably be the worst <laughs> of all those no yeah they were outdoor china shrimp versus shrimp that was raised in brooklyn i don't know the answer to that question i i have no inform like i'd have to find out like more about the both industries to tell you all right well that's all i got for you those are the questions all right well they were good we really fired those off more than usual Boom, boom boom yeah all right so let's get back to delving into our inner lives and being meta sounds good one interesting thing about being having siblings is there's sort of this way that like there is a person who had essentially the same upbringing as you and then like seeing the results of that right with if like even if you all end up in the same place or if you end up in radically different places there's this person that you can kind of directly compare your own successes failures neuroses Mm-hmm. Two, because they pretty much grew up exactly as you grew up. Right. If you want to blame your parents for like your own failures, but your sibling doesn't have the same failures, you're like kind of don't <laughs> have a leg to stand on. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I guess I just suck. <laughs> <laughs> same genetics. Same. Yeah, same like nature and nurture. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> and I think that that I mean. I don't, yeah, and I think it's interesting because I feel like our sibling relationship is so non-competitive. Yeah. Like, we don't, I mean, even though we are passionate about pretty similar things and are, in some ways, pursuing a a general type of We're artistic people. We're artistic people pursuing artistic pursuits, but... Even even when we were, like, rolling in the same thing, I don't know if it was the age, I don't know if it was the age gap that contributed to this, but... You know, you and I both did martial arts. You know, when we would go to the dojo and I would, I was at the like age where I was teaching and you were a student, I feel like, I don't feel like there was ever some competitive thing where like I, like I couldn't teach you or like you, you, or you felt like you had to live up to me somehow. 
Um, or that I ever worried that like you were going to get better than me and like overshadow me or something weird. Yeah. I don't feel like that's ever been the dynamic. But I do think, but I think that those, but I think competition can become a really uncomfortable aspect of a sibling relationship. Do you think like it's more than within a friend group? You know, it's being like you have your friend who's really good at such and such and you're like, oh man, I wish I was as good as, you know, Ben at doing X, Y, or Z. Um, do you feel like it, that's heightened specifically for siblings? Well, I feel like there there gets like, there's an automatic tie that occurs there. I don't know. I think maybe people compare siblings to each other. Maybe that's part of the narrative too. Like we, we automatically do it in a way that we don't compare people who are just who are just friends or peers. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like it's almost like a natural flow of conversation when if you're like, oh, such and such is great. And then, but her brother mm -hmm. is like such a like, you know, right. such a hoodlum, you know. Or like, or oh, like, like, yeah, it's like, I don't understand. Like her, her, yeah, his brother like was so like focused and, you know, reliable. And, you know, the younger brother is so blah, blah, blah. Right. Like that gets... In a way that we really wouldn't talk about groups right. of friends. Or or the or that older sibling was a real troublemaker and the younger sibling has to like live down the reputation as if like the right. younger sibling is somehow like, like the mini version or, yeah. of yeah. And I and I don't know I, I feel like I feel like gender plays a part. I wanted to dip into the realm of uh surrogate siblings. Well you had some surrogate younger siblings and our cousins. Mm -hmm. Um Particularly Tristan, our um, our younger cousin. He is nine years. He was nine years younger than me, which meant he made him four years younger than you. So like the gap right. was very similar. And I feel like it took a lot of getting used to for you. Like I remember you and it mom having struggle. conversation, like being like, "Why does he always want to like take my Game Boy? Like why does he always want to? Like he just wants to like do everything you do." And right. you're like, "I don't understand." <laughs> yeah, and and you know, really, I mean, that was a real struggle for me for a long time. Being the older sibling. I mean, now that you kind of like bring that up, like that was a really hard period of time where I like got really impatient, got really frustrated, like just didn't want to have to deal with that or like didn't want to have to, mm -hmm. you know, entertaining him or or, or seemingly entertain him um, or have, have to watch out, like watch out for him. You know, that mm -hmm. was a really foreign experience. And like, it's interesting. I have never thought about that as like, I never, I don't think I ever had a thought when I was doing any of those things that I was like, I wonder if this is what it's like for Kaylin. <laughs> no, never did. <laughs> never wondered for a minute. No. Like, <laughs> or it's like for me, like, like he was just like another little kid in our lives that like, I was like very used to that whole concept. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> but then by the time that our cousin on, you know, on our, our, dad's, on side. our dad's side. The younger of came, our cousins, yeah. Like I felt, I think it's confident mm -hmm. or understood. That gap was, was more mature, too. yeah, um, and was able to kind of be, a, I think, a, a better older sibling. Mm -hmm. um, partly because it was modeled by you, but also partly because I had been through that. There is a responsibility that comes with being the older mm -hmm. sibling. I was gonna say even like maybe like a paternal or maternal instinct that starts to develop a little bit. I mean, I, I was thinking about friends of mine I know um, who may have had to have a hand in in a sense raising their younger siblings or who in a sense were raised by older siblings occasionally you find yourself slipping into the role of maybe parent a little bit i've known people who for for whom like the the lines were always really blurry in moments of like having to take care of them like am i the parent am i still the sibling am i the babysitter like what like what's my authority here and 
Right. Um, and you can, and that, those dynamics, I think, if not handled well, can really mess up a sibling relationship. For sure, because like one person abuses their power, mm-hmm. right, and that creates a, you know, a jaded feeling in the other person, um, <laughs> which is going to come back to affect the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, I think there's a lot of ways in which the older sibling has this obligation, has this role to fill, because they you know, depending on the age gap, but most of the time, I mean, I think for, even though we had five years between us, you in some way, like were you know, you're part of my generation and you're part of like understanding what it's like growing up in this exact period of time in a way that mom and dad just aren't, I mean, they Mm -hmm. can't. Um, and so the older sibling has this way in which they can actually maybe deal more effectively or understand, um, better what it is that their younger sibling is going through Mm -hmm. and mentor them through that um i think that's definitely true and that's a i mean that's a huge i mean that's that is parenting i mean that's a responsibility yeah absolutely like the the other side of it um for some older siblings is like this sort of resentment of like i'm expected to model i'm the guinea i'm like the Mm. guinea pig you know like jokingly saying like i'm the guinea pig and i don't I have really have any of those feelings. I mean, I always jokingly say that I'm really bitter because I like script and saved for so long to buy my own Game Still Boy. Still holding on to this. No, I joke. I not actually. I don't really don't care. But but that like and then like you were like, I love the Game Boy so much. I want it. And then like the, the, you like just got one <laughs> for your birthday or something. And I was like, because ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like not supposed to get it. For, like I was supposed to like if I wanted it. I was supposed to save it up for myself. And I remember being like, well, <laughs> what did I say? Yeah. Well, what do you think about this? I mean, when you think about being a future parent, how much do you think you should? I mean, any rule that you held for your first child, you should also hold for your second or your third or, you know, however many kids you have. Well, that's a tough one. I mean, I feel like, I mean, our parents will readily say that they they took very different ways of being with us because we were so different personality wise like what was necessary what i needed in terms of helping me grow as a human being um and what you ended up needing were different but i think that's a very very hard thing to understand when you're growing up Mm -hmm. like the idea of like oh uh that person's just is a different personality than i am a different person than i am uh and they are my parents are just reorienting their way of being towards them to better suit like <laughs> their development and growth. It's right. like a very hard, it's like, <laughs> it's not how you think right. about things. All right. It's time to take a break from our conversation about being siblings yeah i need i need to step away from myself <laughs> um and we're gonna return to a segment that we've only done once so far but we really enjoyed it yeah it's time to come back i've uh, been yeah. i've been we've been talking about it for a while <laughs> and it's time to return yeah so this segment is called does it hold up and what we do in this segment is we take something from our childhood that we're nostalgic for we revisit it something that we haven't visited since our childhood we revisit it and determine if it's Still good or a no good? If it's just pure nostalgia. Yeah. So for this week, we watched one of our favorite childhood shows, uh, Doug, which was on Nickelodeon (laughs) in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know how many seasons it went. Some of the episodes we were watching for like from season four. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it had a good long run. Those first few seasons, I feel like we watched a lot. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I think it was really your show too. I mean, like I watched mm-hmm. a lot of Doug, but I remember you were like, you love Doug. And so like when we uh, yeah. were watching Nickelodeon together, I, I related Doug. to Doug so much because he wrote in his journal and he was like really insecure. And, and like, you both love sweater vests. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> cargo pants or whatever the hell it is he wears. <laughs> so we watched about five or six episodes, which you can you can find a ton on YouTube. Yeah, which we will crazy. post on Twitter. Like one after another. And they're like 10 minutes long. Yeah, it's it's perfect because all the commercials are cut out and it's just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And like immediate play. So we'll post that on, on Twitter so you can you can have some nostalgia for yourself. Yeah. Uh, but Kaylin, so what do you think? Does does Doug hold up for you and what parts of it did you find that you loved still or that's underwhelmed you now? Um, overall, absolutely. It holds up. The things that definitely hold up for me, the fantasy sequences. I mean, his like his whole thing about like being really he's just like a really imaginative kid and so he has all these like fantasy sequences that he goes into and like these characters like that exist internally for him like agent 00 mm-hmm. and uh quail man you know and all these great things and like that and it's very cleverly written it's very well done um i would say the voices honestly were like the most disconcerting part i didn't remember <laughs> That Patty Mayonnaise has like a southern twang. Yeah, that was really interesting <laughs> for me. Actually, uh, let's actually take a like a, a sample of that and like just so people understand like what we're talking about. All right, Patty, what do I need to win this thing? Well, besides a miracle, I'd say if the rest of your rolls are strikes, you might maybe have a prayer of a chance. And it's like she's simultaneously like her voice is always cracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she's got this like huskiness. She, yeah. yeah. And it's also like Southern for no reason. I mean, like the yeah. the town has no sense of place. Yeah. It's sort of just like small town middle, America. Middle town. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I think I was just kind of thrown off. Of course, like cartoon voices, I don't know if they feel like you have to get used to a show, mm-hmm. cartoon show sometimes. So yeah, overall though, I thought it was really great. And I thought, you know, but I love, I mean, I love, just love Doug's earnestness. He's just so earnest. <laughs> and he's really just trying to sort himself out in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. Um, wants the best for everybody. And I like that his romantic interest in Patty, like she is just awesome. Like she plays all the sports. She's like really good at things. Like she's like just like generally competent, smart person. And I like that that he that they set up this romantic interest that is like so clear. Like she's sort of a feminist character i think you've already contributed some of this but what is your verdict though for you personally my verdict is that it definitely holds up um i don't think it holds up for me as much as brink did i mean Mm -hmm. i think i would watch brink again with people and like (laughs) and genuinely enjoy it and i think there's a lot of great inside jokes um doug like it felt good to go back to it but it, it felt mostly like nostalgia that's true. Um, and like being like, oh, I remember this episode or I remember these these characters. But, and then there was moments that were <laughs> really funny, like in the graduation episode, the fact that the mysterious principal that no one's ever seen is named Principal Butt Savage. <laughs> it's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Like you said, Doug is like a very, very endearing character. And I, and I really enjoyed that. But I'm not sure that I would like take time out of my day if we weren't doing this show to like go watch it again. That's true. I'm not sure that I feel the call to like go back through the seasons and find mm-hmm. those characters and find those favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. I think I could, I could, I could leave it. I think I would go back there. I was thinking, I started to think about some of the episodes I really loved from it and that I would 
totally go back and watch those. Yeah. I think I would seek out certain You would want to select them. Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting because just like when we were kids growing up, like very much Doug was like a show that you really clung on to. And Doug for me, I think was like if like Rugrats was on or like Legends of the Hidden Temple or a lot of other shows in Nickelodeon were on. Like, I would probably much rather watch those. Oh, man. Okay, cool. Well, so we got two verdicts. Of, uh, yeah. Of, I mean, yeah. if you Doesn't were a fan out. of, if you, I say if you were a fan of Doug in the past, yeah, go take, back and take it, take a look. Take 45 minutes, watch, watch a, through some episodes, mm-hmm. feel good about your childhood, and then, you know, move on, get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get back to the conversation. Sounds good. One really interesting thing about having siblings is is the navigation, especially once you get older, of your parents talking to you about your sibling. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because like you and then like how that affects your relationship with that sibling. Right. Where, right. The, you know, your your mother or father comes and is like, you know, uh, I wish that your brother or your sister like would do this or would call or would do mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then you're in this weird place where you're like trying to console them or like deal, like be in dialogue with them. But then mm-hmm. at the same time you have this like relationship with this person mm-hmm. who's not in the room, but is like has very close ties to you. I mean, mm-hmm. even more so than your best friend, even if you're not that close with your sibling mm-hmm. right? and you're trying to navigate like, what you say, what you don't say, mm-hmm. because that has repercussions. When also, like, do you go line. back to your sibling and be like, "Mom and Dad, blah 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 blah." Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All, yeah everybody's the, in the each mess, other's business. Everybody's all up in everybody's <laughs> business. Yeah, and one, I mean, that's just family, right? Um, but I do think that that is an additional dynamic that I do think, um, is something that an only child doesn't really know anything about. Like that is, that is an experience that's very mm-hmm. unique. Of like juggling the family dynamics of old, like once siblings have grown up, you know, you're not just dealing with your relationship with your family. You're dealing with, you know, your own, you know, your own sister, your own brother's relationship with the family as well. Right. Well, I think that responsibility carries over not just into like relationships, but like even into like caring for your parents as they age, Mm. Um, you know, and I mean, aging parents is something a lot like most people who still have parents with them like go through um but like even something else that's happening with their parents that's like really hard or like something that they have to they have to step up and and do something and that dynamic of who's sharing the responsibility like how you know who's pulling their weight and what is my responsibility like as the older sibling am i automatically just like the one who's got to take care of it um, well, right. And then again, this whole thing about the relationship to the parents comes back around mm-hmm. because then all that baggage about right. that everyone's always carrying around like about your really- sister never blah, blah, blah. Like when your sister comes to visit, she never blank, 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 blank. And it's like, well, like, well okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, really, Jesse? Now you want to like, now you want to be at the potluck? <laughs> you Like you always had to go off on your motorcycle when you, you know, like what, <laughs> you know, whatever right. thing happened. Right. You know, like those stories and those mm-hmm. conflicts like get carried over, right. and, you know. And like you say you want to be involved, but then you move to <laughs> Europe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. 
and then they're the first person to claim the inheritance of, <laughs> you know? so i think that you, a, a, having siblings of course has like per, like deep deep shaping power mm-hmm. for like who you are based on like the way that your parents treat you based on the relationship that you decide to have with your sibling whether or not you all are like the age gap all of these things mm-hmm. but i but like i don't think that it's as simple as saying well if you were the oldest child then these are the things that you are like i just don't see that playing out in reality and i just think it's so much more complex than that and i also think that you can like transcend those kind of things and actually because i mean one thing that happened because of because of our parents is that i actually at some like there was a point in my life in which I made a conscious choice that you and I would have a really great relationship. Well, thank God that you did, because <laughs> now this podcast exists. exists. <laughs> okay, so that's our show. Thank you all so much for listening in. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, please feel free to email us, tweet at us. Um, tag us on instagram uh you can do that at sibling underscore revelry for both twitter and instagram or you can email us at sibling revelry podcast at gmail.com uh seriously we would love to have you write in we will shout you out on the air we will act we will respond to your emails like we are Mm -hmm. um eager to hear your voices we don't know anything we don't know anything we just kind of share our tell us things (laughs) tell us things that we ought to know enlighten us uh so yeah But thank you so much again for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. This episode was produced and edited by Andrew Merriweather. Our music is by Flamingosis. You can find more of his work at flamingosis.com. (laughs) 